you're in the game. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. February 7th, 2023, will go down in history as a record-breaking night in basketball history. But let me just, let me just tell you this, only one of those record-breakers actually won his game last night, also hit a couple of logo threes, and only one of them had seven assists. And that was Marquise Noel, who last night broke the single-season assist record, which now stands at 187. And that is Marquise Noel. So congratulations to Marquise Noel, Mr. New York City. I wish I could throw in the Twitter handle during uh, the starting lineups. That would be a nice little spice to it. But uh, we'll, we'll keep it routine. And, of course, you know, the other guy was... You know, LeBron James and past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for all-time leading scorer in NBA history. But he lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder by three points. I think it was like 133 to 130. Yep, that's the Lakers this year. Yeah, don't they kind of stink? Yeah, they're middling. I mean, at least, uh, you know, when Michael Jordan, his team started to stink, he was playing for the Wizards. I mean, didn't they kind of? I don't even know actually if they stunk or not. Were they? They didn't. Were they a playoff team when when Michael Jordan was a wizard? No, they were not. They one year of it they were, That's but it little, was. But it, they slipped in as an eight seed. I mean, it was very, very. Yeah, they were very low. It's the New York. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. What are we doing, LeBron? Meanwhile, Marquise Noel and Kansas State are well into the NCAA tournament. I think there's no doubt about it. They're going to get in. I mean, it's not like official official, but if they were to like lose out, you know, it, it probably doesn't get worse than last four in. This again gets into what you talked about some with Kellish Robinette yesterday, and that is the Big 12 is viewed in a way that SEC football is when you start looking at the rankings. Yeah, the Cats have beaten five ranked opponents. One more and they tie the program record for wins over top 25 teams, Mm -hmm. and they'll play a couple of those in a week and a half. They'll play a couple more ranked teams, and I I think both of those games will be at home because it'll be Iowa State and Baylor. And there's only three home games left. And the other one would be Senior Day, and that is March 1st. That would be against Oklahoma. So that's – and K-State's only guaranteed nine more games. I might bring that up with Derek Young. Nine more games. How far does does Marquise Noel climb up the assist ladder in Big 12 play? I say Big 12 play, as in Big 12 history. Players in the Big 12 climbing the single-season assist record. Do you know who happened to, who happens to own that record? In the Big 12. So, of course, we're talking 96 to now. And is the single-season record holder in Big 12 play for assists. Single-season. Any any guesses? 
I'm going to go with something completely out of whack here. Kevin Durant. No, because it no. was one year. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Not freshman Kevin Durant. Doug Gottlieb. Does that include the assists he got for uh, the things he bought with the credit cards? <laughs> no. <laughs> Doug Gottlieb, though, he has the record. He's one and two on the list when he played at really? Oklahoma State. Yeah, the record is two ninety nine. I, I don't think Marquise will get there. Yeah. But, but what really shocked me about the Big Twelve assist record when I was looking at it, the list. There's a website that'll give you the top fifty, and it's already updated. I was like, God. Yeah. Nice job, guys. It's already updated and uh, has Marquise at 187. Well, guess what? Marquise is now the only Wildcat in the top 50 in assists in wow. a single season. Wow. Yeah. Steve Steve Henson, of course, would have been in that top 50 if it if it was Big 12 play. Um, and yep. I think it was Angel Angel Rodriguez. Oh wow! Was about four assists shy of being top fit. Like today would have been just barely into the top 50. Marquise Noel probably would have knocked him out if he had four more assists from that top 50. But Marquise, like in the next game, he'll probably jump. I think he's – I should have wrote this down, but I think he's like around 40 now. And if he gets five more assists, he'll jump up to 30 or something like that. Like he's going to still really climb that list. It just – it really blew my mind that he is the only cat in the top 50 in the Big 12. Wow. That was really wild to me. Welcome to the game. That tells you a lot of things right now. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Travion Berklin is on the board, and he's wearing a white or a gray hoodie. That's uh that's it. It's a zip zip up hoodie. What's the t shirt today? Childish Gambino's Awaken oh. My Love album cover. How about that? All right. I've never seen a childish Gambino t shirt. That is a first for me. Had to find it on Etsy. Okay, so somebody basically made it at home and <laughs> I've done that a couple of times where I bought Etsy shirts. One of them was I, I had a costume idea for a, for Halloween like three years ago, like right before the pandemic, and I got it. And it the logo was so crooked for Wayne's World. I was like, dang it. That's uh-huh. not gonna, that doesn't look good. So that's why I, I got burned a couple of times. So I'm not gonna ever probably do that thing again. But is your logo crooked? It's just an album cover, so, I mean, it's pretty standard. Okay. All right. Well, guys, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. AEW Dynamite tonight from the El Paso County Coliseum. Honestly, that kind of sounds like a uh, like a National Guard armory. I hope it has at least 5,000 seats in El Paso, Texas. Two title matches. Also, MJF is going to be in action. He is your world champion. But that also means... Derek Young from Case in a Line. It is a Wednesday. He joins us to kick off the show. D.Y., where were you when LeBron James broke the scoring record in the NBA? I was at the Jerome Tang press conference still, I believe. Yeah, you were. (laughs) Yeah, you were. You saw the assist record get broken. You didn't need to pay all that money to watch LeBron James break a scoring record. You saw the real record being broken. Plus, you got to see... Marquise Noel hit a couple of logo threes, one on the uh, one of the nose of the power cat, and the second one with about a minute to go. That was like from the ear of the uh, of the power cat. But I guess to start off, Dy with the game last night, Coach Tang said it after the game that this was not the TCU game that 
or the TCU team that you know at full force or they're probably a different team. The the turnovers were a tremendous story for them last night. Nineteen, I know, at the one point uh, last night, did that change? Nineteen total turnovers for TCU. K State still had fifteen. I mean, TCU Not still good. played. Yeah, I mean, again, some self-inflicted wounds. Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, they combined for 12 of those turnovers. So your two leaders had 80% of the turnovers. Still. And two of them were from Kim, uh, Cam Carter and then one from Tyke Green. And, and I say still, I, one of the flaws with when you get into this schedule, especially this late, Practice time is so limited. There is so little that you really are able to do other than you know, try and show on video. Correcting little things, correcting the things that need to be corrected becomes tougher because you don't have the time. You're addressing more than anything what your opponent is preparing to do. You're stuck in that loop of, okay, I've got to get my guys rest. I've got to get them uh, ready for the next game. We need to go over situations. We need to do all of these things to line up for the next game in such a limited amount of time. The two things that TCU was missing with Eddie Lamkin, he still played 18 minutes, and I was surprised. I didn't, I didn't feel like he was out there for 18 minutes. He just wasn't doing much. He didn't, I didn't think you really noticed him. I noticed the heckling he got more than in his actual play. But what you're missing with Eddie Lampton not being 100%, he wasn't rebounding. And TCU's a very good rebounding team. Mm-hmm. They're very good on the offensive glass. And K-State held TCU to six offensive rebounds and just three second-chance points. That's an awesome job by the Cats. They out-rebounded TCU 40-28. to And then Mike Miles, a great scorer. I think he's averaging around 18 points a game. I mean, this game was decided by 21. Um, but with Mike Miles, he he is so key in the transition and fast break game for TCU. I mean, he's a lead, a ton of assists. He had 11 assists against the Cats in the first meeting, and a lot of that was in the transition game to Emmanuel Miller, who had a big day, and a lot of that, again, was in transition. And TCU's the best transition points, fast break points team in the country yeah. at 21 a game. And TCU last night had 10 fast break points to K-State 7. So it wasn't a big factor last night. Going back to the original question, are you putting an asterisk by this win last night against TCU, who was down Mike Miles and did not have a 100% Eddie Lamkin? I I don't really put asterisk behind any any wins in the Big 12. You, You basically earn everything you get in this league, so I wouldn't put an asterisk behind it or beside it, but I would certainly say that Kansas State was fortunate to get TCU when they did. Uh, Horn Frogs not necessarily playing their best basketball to begin with. Uh, and you get them at home, and you get them without Mike Miles, uh, even less so than Eddie Lampkin. I think the idea of not having Mike Miles is probably the the major culprit. Um, but you win by 21 in the Big 12. Um, I don't think any win of that magnitude really deserves an aspirate. You led off an article on uh, Kasten Online. Uh, it was like, you know, five things that we learned. And, like, the first point you brought up was, to me, like what I really took away most from last night. And that is the the competitive spirit last night. I mean, go back to Saturday's loss to Texas. I mean, K-State scored 50 points less than what they did in Austin previously in the year. And then, you know, just defensively, 
didn't really play its best game. And I thought I saw the defense really pick up last night. And, of course, K-State was scoring, and they were scoring, it felt like, at will in the last 10 minutes of the game. But I'm sure you agree with me, and it came from your article, that you felt like the competitive spirit was a huge breakthrough last night. Yeah, I thought I thought part of the problem against Texas was that they were being out hustled and out worked. Um, we're playing as hard as we know that they can play, um, and I thought at least that part of the script was what was flipped against TCU. Not necessarily saying that they fixed every little problem that they have right now. I think turnovers and sloppiness on the offensive end still crept up at times, even though it was probably to a lesser extent and was less critical because they were forcing turnovers themselves. But I think the biggest difference is what you kind of laid out there is that Kansas State just played harder. Um, They looked like they were more inspired and had more intensity, especially on the defensive end. Um, That was just probably the most reassuring thing to see because I thought for that, what was it, probably the first 10 or 12 minutes of that second half against Texas – I'm not sure they played a a worse stretch of basketball this year. How much of that competitive spirit comes from a guy like Desi Sills, who I felt like over the last handful of games, last three games really, he has shown a major uptick in just energy. He has the most energy on the floor, and he's like he, he wants to pound it inside and draw fouls. He's drawn five fouls per game in the last three. The, the competitive spirit comes from Desi Sills and Tyke Green. At least it did so on Tuesday night. De- I, I've said it all year. I know some people argued at the time. I, I brought it up first is that Desi Sills is the fastest player on the Kansas State roster with the ball in his hands. I don't think there's I don't think there's a guy with the ball in his hands that's faster, and that includes Marquise Noel. And I'm not sure it's really that close. I mean, he has a different gear, and quite frankly, I think he should – go to that downhill style that he has on the offensive end probably a bit more. But at the end of the day, uh, the big lift was also from Tyke Green. And his extra gear, his extra spirit, that came on the defensive end, not so much the offensive end, although he chased down an offensive rebound or two where he could exemplify that as well. But when we're talking about the, you know that extra intensity that they played with and, and stuff of that nature – um, even Bebe, I thought we saw it from as well, the way that he can hustle up and run up and down the floor. Typically, that's only from David Gasson, but I thought Bebe was really good in that in that facet as well. But uh, yeah, this w- what they brought to the table, how they flipped that script. I thought that you, you mentioned Desi Sills, but uh, yeah, I thought the two biggest culprits or the two biggest conduits of that were, were both Desi Sills and, and Tyke Green. How many dunks did Tyke Green finish with last night? Do you know for sure? Not at the top of my head. I think it was at least three, right? I think he had one off one off an offensive rebound, I think two off lobs. He missed a dunk as well. I mean, he was <laughs> at the net all night in the second half. I was like, I was I was criticizing TCM. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, just letting this guy roam free, go wherever he wanted. It was his real estate. He was at the hoop. The entire set. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was incredible to watch. Tyke Green. He deserved a night like that, especially. I mean, not barely playing in the last couple of games to play twenty-one minutes and have thirteen points and nine rebounds and also uh, a steal. He had just one turnover in that time. That was a fantastic night for Tyke Green. Two players in double figures off the bench for the Cats in case they finished with twenty-nine bench points. Also in double figures. You had Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson, 
and uh, and David Gasson. We'll take a break, and we'll be back with Derek Young here in just a few moments. We'll talk more about last night's win, including a record-breaking night for Marquise Noel. You're listening to The Game. Before we get to Mitch Holtis, really awesome uh, K-State football news. Felix Andy DK Uzama, Julius Brintz, Malik Knowles, and Deuce Vaughn have all been invited to the 2023 NFL Combine. Oh my! And that'll be uh, the most cats to comp- uh, to uh, participate in the Combine since 2013. Of course, the last uh, Big 12 championship before this previous season, where five cats went to the Combine. So congratulations to those four. Combine in Indianapolis, Indiana. That'll be February 28th through March 6th. So that's excellent news. Outstanding. And speaking of the NFL, we're now joined by the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Mitch is uh, already in Glendale, Arizona, getting ready for Super Bowl 57. But Mitch, going back uh, to the AFC Championship victory over the Cincinnati Bengals, Travis Kelsey calling the Cincinnati mayor a jabroni. Is that the uh, most all-time line by a Kansas City Chief? It's right up there. I'd have to think of another one. but And then to, as a precursor to that, of saying, hey, know your role. You know, basically, Daniel Landers, shut your mouth, you jabroni. So it just tells you, like, the guy's reaction. Us, proud of our guys. They didn't say anything all week that week. Uh, and then you could hear it oozing out, including when uh, Chris Jones was saying, never, 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 never disrespect Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, so yeah, you got you kind of got the feel or the vibe of what our players were dealing with that week up to the AFC Championship. Was there a vibe going into that game because you had Cincinnati fans and, and others like calling Arrowhead Burrowhead? Well, it was just bizarre. Like there was this narrative of like the Bengals own these guys. It was two walk off field goals, and we're driving to take a two score lead in the fourth quarter when Travis Kelsey was stripped of the ball. I mean, you're talking three-point games. It wasn't like a 56-3 to loss every time. You're like, well, wait a minute. So it was kind of curious like, all, where all that chatter was coming from. But, again, our guys, have they've been handling everything that's in front of them all year long, and they handled it great. So they just played one, and now here we are in this game. Well, what's been the uh, best part of the festivities down in Glendale so far? You know, they've done a really good job. Monday night can be something akin to the Star Wars bar scene in the very first Star Wars, right? And we did see Barrel Guy uh, walking around uh, in, I don't know, what to see the dancing. It's not again today. Uh, with, with our, yeah, so Old Spice deodorant guy. But oh, yeah. um, it, it was really it was really good. Um, they did So the opening night was better. It wasn't as crazy. It was great for the players. It was held where the Suns play. It wasn't where the Marlins played in Miami, so it was all spread out. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, today we just were coming back with our crew, uh, coming back from Radio Row and and checking out downtown. So Phoenix has done a really good job with this game. In terms of your preparation, though, with everything that is going on this week, what are you doing to give yourself that time, that quiet that you need to get ready for the game? It's a great question because just think of one 128th 
of what the players have to do. Sure. Quite honestly, it's it's. I learned this in Miami three years ago. This week and these two weeks, this week especially, is nothing but a distraction. I mean, I'm scheduled to the hill from early in the morning till the evening. There's different events going on. There's different shows throughout the entire day. And so preparation and trying to handle the moment uh, of doing, you know, one of the biggest games in my life, I learned in Miami that you have to be disciplined and take time to realize this is a game. Don't get caught up in everything else that you realize you're not going to be prepared to do the best job you can. Now, I've said this a lot these last several days, but the bye week, I used to think uh, we went 21 seasons and didn't win a playoff game. Like two weeks for a, a Super Bowl, come on. That seems like a overkill. Or you just want Pro Bowl week or you just want to build it up. No, no. Every Ever since the end of that Cincinnati game, I can't think of a moment that there hasn't been, even in sleep, you're like halfway thinking, of, okay, what's going to get done here logistically? Uh, what about family, uh, tickets, lodging, transportation? Well, think of our players. So it's why Andy Reid attacks the so-called bye week before you get here. And then when you're here, you've got basically your template in place that you're going to tweak it some. But they worked very hard last week to get a lot of the uh, game plan in place. Uh, and that it's also like you, you can't win the game during the bye week or the first three or four days here, but you can lose the game. Because you can feel like you're, hey, I'm going to get ready to go, and yet you're just someplace else. And you, you do have to recalibrate to get your mind, body, and soul right to win Super Bowl 57. Mitch, you mentioned uh, you and the crew got to hang out in downtown uh, Phoenix there for a little while. What does uh, tourist Mitch Holtis go seek out? Is it the food or sites? Are you trying to go to Alice Cooper's restaurant or anything? No, we're going to skip Alice Cooper's restaurant, okay? And I'm not... <laughs> Uh, you know, and I'm not here like as fanboy tourist, so uh, there is, I wish I had time for that. Now, Tammy and I do come down here to visit from time to time, and we did do a piece for the uh, franchise last night at the, uh, like, the Hole in the Rock, right? The the, the hiking trails uh, that are right in the center of town. It's really unique. Um, but honestly, if it's fanboy tourist, no, we'll try it all. Old Town's great. That's where you want to go if you go to Phoenix, get some authentic. You know, Mexican food, that's the best thing to do. Well, Mitch, you get now to call your third Super Bowl in the last four years. And heck, as a radio broadcaster myself, calling Manhattan High State Championship game against Gardner Edgerton and winning that game in overtime, I mean, I, I was pretty nervous for that call. But, it, of course, it's not for the richest prize in the game. This is Super Bowl 57. But now since you've done it three of the last four years, are you still getting nervous prior to this one? Always. I get nervous for every game. Truthfully, I get nervous for every game. But yeah, you get real nervous for these. What it's and it's like you calling that game because in a relative sense, I mean those plays live for history. However, they're going to save that audio, and however we're going to play back that audio in a generation or two generations, you want it to be wow, that was really good. That guy did a great job of capturing that moment. And um, and I and I've said this a lot, but you're doing two games. When you do an AFC championship game or a Super Bowl, you're doing two games at once. The, the obvious is the game that's right in front of you, but the more sublime in many ways, probably more important, is you're really narrating history. Think of Damian Williams' run to immortality. 
okay, that just happened. You want to call it, call it right. Yeah, you know, nailed it. Or you don't want to miss it. Like, oh, gosh, uh, the Rose Bowl play of 1948. Like, ah, oh, I didn't get that. Let's and run it quite right. Um, so you have to anticipate and be ready. If you're going to win, you want the call. The Chiefs can firmly planted their flag on top of football's highest summit. So, you know, I've been thinking, laying awake middle at night, looking at the ceiling fan that's not moving, about what are you going to say and how would you capture it. But you really want to just nail it. You want to nail the moment. It's not for people going, hey, you really did a good job. You want it for the people who will enjoy that for generations. That So when our fans go, man, I love that call, and I play it every day when I go to work, then you're like, all right, my job is done here. Speaking with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. All right, so we were talking about prep earlier. Let's see what uh, homework you've got done. So, and by the far. way, I'll check. I'm gonna I'm gonna check your you of the dulcet tones of PA at K State games, <laughs> which I heard blasting it out on the day that I got. Will Howard could be an NFL quarterback there to see the glorious 48 to nothing victory over Oklahoma State, and hearing you do the PA going, that's my man. Well, that's show I was on today among the 15 shows I've been on. Former K-State quarterback Dan Minucci, uh-huh. who beat Bill Parcells, who beat Bill Parcells, stared him down, accounted for four touchdowns. Bill Parcells coached at the Air Force Academy one year, <laughs> and Dan Minucci lit him up for three bills and four touchdowns. Well, I don't get to, as a public address announcer, get to announce like when it comes to what's what lives on forever when it comes to announcing. I just get announced maybe the touchdown or who hit the three-point shot. I think all the script that gets done for me is, uh, you know, when there's a game and what I'm giving away that day. Well, you know what? Whatever brings joy to your to your uh, clientele. So you're just bringing joy to them. So it may not be the call of a double overtime victory to win a state championship, but if you're announcing a winner to go get, you know, your free fuzzy cat thing, then... That's bringing joy. Well, I'll tell you what brings to life when it comes to my public address announcing is when Bramwich Coliseum is, is packed to the rafters of 11,000. Oh okay, though, Mitch, 20 bucks. I'll give you 20 bucks if you bust out on the PA and describe Jerome Tang dancing after the wins. Last night I was watching it here at the end of the game, and he seemed to be confused. Like, am I going to run with the students? No, I'm going to run over to the band. Are we doing Wabash back and forth? Or are we doing like the twisty side to side thing? He seemed to be really confused at that point, and I thought he needed you to do play by play for him. Well, speaking of that, I, before, twenty bucks, just bust it out next time, next win, just bust it out. Man, I it's way too easy to get yelled at when you're on press row like that. I ooh, that's a uh, twenty bucks. Might have that to might be your last me. game, but you know what? You go out in a blaze of glory. That's why I'm saying we might may need to make that fifty bucks or a hundred, uh, you know, to make it worth my time. No, nah, we won't do that. But you know, I just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's the cost-benefit analysis. That's, that's what I studied in business college. You just sort of sit down and go, "I got to really think about that one." I'm sure you remember Steve Henson well, but Marquise Noel breaks the assist record in 24 games. I loved it. I love it that he broke the record, um, and Steve would love it too, just because it tells you why they're winning games this year and not losing close games. I mean, that shot he made last night from the nostril of the cat was crazy. But there were a little too many of those uh, last year, and that's why But him finding the shooting pocket, finding the right pass to make to lead to a bucket is a lost start in college basketball. And though you find those guys that will do that, they are worth gold 
right now. You hang on to him and try to get him three more years of eligibility because nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do the homes who I'll get Kelsey the shot. I'll get my shots, but I'm going to get five less than everybody else, but I'll make the great assist. Big step for him. I didn't think, give that touching set credit that he's breaking the assist record. I think it's awesome. All right, the Eagles are the opponent for Super Bowl 57. I've kind of called them the darling of the NFL. It's like been the fun bandwagon to jump on this year with, with Jalen Hurts and that offense, of course, doing what they do. But, of course, the defense has been phenomenal. But as weird as it may sound, is this the type of game that might come down to the trenches because of how good the pass rushes are for both of these teams, especially with the Eagles? Most games do. But, I mean, think how good the offensive line was for – Winning that Big 12 championship, yes, it will be in the trenches. Just because Philadelphia is so good on both sides of the ball and the Chiefs are very underrated on both sides of the ball in the trenches. I guess not so much on the offensive line with three pro bowlers, but everybody thinks on the defensive front, oh, it's just Chris Jones and this, this band of merry men. Well, there's some players there that have played really good football, especially in the playoffs and down the stretch. When you go through that collection of eight guys that are mixing and matching for the four defensive line spots, that being said, you have got to also have the mentality uh, that you had against Cincinnati, which is you got to hit these guys right away. You, this is a boxing match where Philly loves to punch you out and knock you out in the first three rounds. And the Chiefs have got to take the fight uh, to Philadelphia early, early in this game. Uh, otherwise, Philadelphia, who leads the league in, in points scored on first offensive possessions, wants to dictate terms, and then you're playing under their terms the rest of the day. The Chiefs need to just make it the opposite, which is quite honestly what they did against Cincinnati. Even though Cincinnati did not get the first quarter touchdown in the last 13 games of the year, counting the playoffs, no first quarter touchdowns, the Chiefs had a 3 nothing lead in that game. And that was bigger than you might think from a psychological standpoint, even though it's 3 nothing, just because of what Cincinnati had done as their modus operandi for eight weeks. More than that, really. More like 12 weeks. Well, Mitch, uh, is the ankle, you think it's going to be close to 100% on Patrick Mahomes? And I don't know about 100%. I mean, if you have a high ankle sprain diagnosed, what, three weeks ago or two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, is it going to be 100%? It may not be 100% until next training camp. So, but all it's all systems go. There's nothing in the playbook left out. His physical toughness is way underrated. I mean, when he runs at 22 miles an hour, whatever he ran at for that scramble, he, he's going to give it. He'll, he'll be ready. And he'll be able to move left and right and do everything he normally can do. He'll lead to against this defensive front, which has three guys with, you know, double digit sacks. And Alex, who's got seven, so he's right behind him. And that's like Kenny and Son Reddick's almost 20 sacks. But everybody's like, how's the ankle? How is it? I mean, he had an ankle sprain. But he's, he's fine. It's, it's green light for the whole playbook. Well, Mitch, have a great call for Super Bowl 57. Unfortunately, with uh, you know the rights to that call, we won't be able to hear you live, but we'll go back and listen to the highlights. But have a great game, and we'll be talking to you hopefully next week about a victory. Yeah, one of my least favorite things when you get to the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl is that, that phenomenon. And never quite understood it, don't like it, but we have the largest network in the NFL, and it reduces to just the flagship station of this game. But that's okay. Let's go back to the history. It's more of describing history. That's where my mentality will be. All right. Thank you so much, Mitch. See you guys.
It's Voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, here on the game as we wrap up our number one. That was a really great conversation. That Mitch Holtis is the man. And I'm all Chiefs this week. All Chiefs take down the Eagles. It's a one and a half point favorite for the Eagles. Everybody's expecting this to be a close game. I think this will be an all-time Super Bowl. All-time Super Bowl, close game. Final possession will decide it. This is going to be fun. As long as it stays close. And I think the uh, the game is scheduled to kick off at around 5.30, depending right. on how long Chris Stapleton takes to uh, <laughs> sing the national anthem. All right, hour number two. More on last night's win over TCU+. Plus, We'll hear from Marquise Noel, Desi Sills, and Tyke Green, who had a great press conference after the game. Your local news in a few.